So, as I said, we are joined today by our guest for this month, Bishop Allen. He's, he's the bishop here in East Anglia, so he's our bishop. And we're very happy to welcome him to our studio here on First Fridays. Welcome, Bishop Allen. Thank you very much indeed, Kieran. Thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. We're really glad to have you. And you're our first guest to be live in the studio with us rather than via Zoom. So that's really oh, great. Good. Well. Yeah. So on First Fridays, we like to talk to people a little bit about their story, about sort of their, their journey of faith. And so clearly you're a bishop. You've been bishop in East Anglia for how long now? I've been bishop for seven years. Uh, yes, seven and a half years. Yes, quite some It'll time. It'll be eight years next July, if I make it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And have you, were you a bishop before you were a bishop here in East I was a bishop, auxiliary bishop in Westminster for 10 years. Okay. So in fact, uh, I celebrate my 18th anniversary of being a bishop on January the 24th, okay. next, next year. Okay, so not far away. Then. Not far away. So growing up, was faith always a part of your life? Was it always important to you? Um, yes, not that I realised that it was, but... Mm. Um, uh, I think in those days I was in, I was brought up in the uh, late forties and early fifties, as it were, and um, we we all went to Sunday school and so on because I'm haven't always been a Catholic, um, uh, so I went to Sunday school. I was sent there by my parents, um, and uh, I was used to going every week, but uh, it wasn't really until. One of my primary school teachers, whose husband was an organist and uh, choir master in one of the city churches in Oxford, um, she invited us to think about joining the choir at the church. I went back and spoke to my parents and they gave me permission to do so. So I started uh, going to the choir practice and to the services in the church. Holy Cross Church, beautiful medieval church in in, uh, in the centre of Oxford. Um, and it was there, I think, that I began to have the simmerings of faith and understand that there was something quite sort of mysterious about going to church. And I wasn't really quite sure what it was, but, um, uh, but I realised uh, after three years, I said something to the vicar in these or similar words. Um, I think I'd rather like to be one of you when I've grown right. up. So he said, maybe you will be. Yeah. So, yeah. And so was that kind of the beginnings of thinking about it was the beginnings. Well, that was certainly the beginnings. And I don't think I've ever wavered apart from periods when perhaps other things have sort of got in the way and so on. But um, uh, I had a sort of bit of a time out when I was about 15, 16, yeah. um, but uh, not for very long. Right. So, yeah. And so did you, so you went you finished school and then what did you do after that? Did you go straight into training? Or yes, after that I, I went to University of King's London. I did a year's teaching before I went up so I could get some money. Yeah. In those days you had to be, you didn't have big grants that were given to you, sure. um, that were loans. <laughs> mm. um, so I had to get some money for myself, um, which I did in that year. And then went to King's University, uh, King's College in uh, London and studied theology there. But before that, I was uh, had to go to a selection conference, an Anglican selection conference, where I was taken on board. Yeah. And what, what do you think it was that sort of drew you, that really made you think, you know, this is really what I, I want to do by that stage in your life? Was it some, what were your kind of motivations? 
I don't think I could answer that when I was sort of nine, ten year old, ten mm. year old, ten years old. Um, but uh, afterwards, I think, you know, when you look back across your life, um, you see various uh, signposts, and sometimes those signposts are people, mm. and uh, and certainly. I came across some wonderful priests, uh, Anglican priests, who guided me and fed me and encouraged me. Um, mm. And I was uh, I was smitten by their example, mm. their, their example of pastoral care and spirituality and so on. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that's the case for so many people, isn't it, that you see people who you yeah. look up to in all sorts of walks of life that kind of yeah, help you to see that faith is something yeah. really important yeah. and real. So you were a priest in the Church of England for quite some time, and then in the 1990s you became a Catholic. Yes. And so what kind? What, what drew you to the Catholic Church in particular? Well, I think I need to go back again to my youth, as it yeah. were. But uh, when I was about uh, 12 years old, still in Oxford, that was before we moved back to London, um, my mother asked me to go around the corner uh, to get some bread for, the, for, for, for supper. And uh, of course, in those days, you could go around the corner to a um, to a, a bakery where they where they had some made wonderful bread. So I came back clutching my loaf, and um, this is quite extraordinary, really. And I think this was this was a, a real turning point in vocation and so on. Um, where I went uh, to school uh, in the primary school, there was a uh, a Catholic church at the top end. I had to walk past the church um, as I came back. And uh, as I passed, suddenly the doors opened and this, uh, what I know now, of course, was a Corpus Christi procession came out. And I was spellbound. I just stood there and watched. And it went round the, um, round the uh, grounds of the church. Because <coughs> in those days, they didn't quite go, go right out. Um, and I watched it, and it suddenly went back into the church, and the doors closed, and nobody else was in. And I was left standing with my bread. <laughs> well, it's quite a quite a dramatic moment when you when you look back, and um, I just think, my goodness, I went off to get bread, but I actually saw the bread of life uh, yes. in procession, you know. Um, and I think that's began to pull me towards the Catholic Church even then. When I was slightly older. Um, uh, I went to Lourdes um, on pilgrimage with a, with a good Catholic um, family and I was just uh, taken aback by that too, the celebration um, and to see the, the whole of the church present so many different languages, I was very English, I don't think I'd left Oxford by that stage and I'd gone to various places in, in England but never abroad. Um, so. It, that was a, a magnificent moment. Um, and it was then that I actually said to the priest chaplain, I'd like to be a Catholic. Yeah. Um, and he talked me through it. And he just said, well, I can see your heart is already a Catholic. I think you should wait until your mind becomes a Catholic. Yeah. And uh, then you'll become a firm Catholic. So mm. I was disappointed, mm. but uh, nevertheless went, went on with um, the Anglican training and so on. Yeah. Um, but he was right, absolutely right. If I'd come over it would have been an emotional thing. 
mm. emotional reaction to Lourdes, really, I think. Mm. Um, so, uh, as I got older, I learned far more about the Catholic faith and its teaching. Mm. Um, I need to go on, really. It's quite a long story, if you don't well, mind. That's fine, please. But, um, <laughs> because in, uh, certainly at that time, when I was ordained as an Anglican, um, the ecumenical movement had begun. Mm. That thinking that Christians needed to see what brought them together, what drew them together, rather than the things that parted us. And uh, it was a particular moment when Michael Ramsey went to meet the Pope, Pope Paul VI, and Pope Paul VI gave him a, a ring, an mm. Episcopal ring. Michael Ramsey never forgot that. And just so that people watching know, Michael Ramsey was the Archbishop of Canterbury yes, he at the was time, the Archbishop wasn't he? Canterbury so he was the leader time. of the Church of England. So it's quite it? extraordinary. Yeah. You know, there, there'd been a meeting once since the Reformation, that was with his predecessor, mm. but it was a very brief moment, and yeah. this was a much more formal meeting with mm. the Pope. Um, and uh, over those next um, two decades, um, Anglicans who were in the sort of the Catholic um, uh, Catholic way in the Church of England mm. um, truly believed that uh, there would be unity and the two churches would come together, they were coming together. Mm. There were a lot of agreed statements in those yeah. days and so on. Um, and when Pope John Paul II came to England on his pilgrimage, which was a high moment, mm. um, and met the Archbishop, Can the then Archbishop of Canterbury in Canterbury Cathedral and they mm. And brought the book of the Gospels out that St Augustine brought with him mm. um, when he came to convert the English, um, sent by Pope Gregory. Uh, we just thought it was in the bag, yeah. really, yeah. that there would now we would walk together. I found in that decade, in the 1980s, the Church of England really uh, went back on that moment and began to go its own way. Mm. Um, both with regard to moral theology, um, with uh, ordained ministry, um, uh, and all sorts of things. And mm. there was a question of authority, yeah. which came up. So I was on the on the road, I think, mm. then to to be becoming a Catholic. But it took me all my strength and will, and uh, and so on, to uh, to do so. So I wasn't received until the 1990s, early 1990s. Mm -hmm. um, but then I felt I'd come home. Yeah. And wondered why I hadn't done it 30 years before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So many people say that, they describe yeah. it as coming home, coming yes. home to the Catholic Church, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Um, so, so you must have spent a few years being a Catholic priest, and then you were yes. asked at some point to become a bishop. Yes. What, what was that like? Well, that's quite extraordinary. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed being a priest. I'd always been a uh, you know, as a vicar, I'd been a parish priest, always working in the parish setup, um, because I think that's that's where 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 the mission really is. Mm. You know, the people of God and beyond. Um, and um, uh, so, I was very pleased. I'd always been in uh, rather challenging situations in the Church of England. Very good Tottenham, big GLC estate in. Um, uh, in uh, in uh, Collindale, and um, when I became a Catholic, I was sent off to Kensington High Street, right. which wasn't quite the same it's as Tottenham. Yeah. 
and uh, and then they appointed me as the parish priest of uh, of Chelsea, which is even, even <laughs> further afield. A, a mm. um, but a beautiful church, Head Redeemer, and St Thomas More. Yeah. And I blame St. Thomas More for praying for me to bring me through into the Church of England yeah, because yeah. I've always had a, a really soft spot for him as, as a mm. saint. So, um, so it was, a, it was a wonderful thing. Then suddenly all this happened and um, it came out of the blue, 2003. Mm. Um, just before Christmas. In fact, I was told the day before Christmas Eve, oh, there you go. which uh, which rather ruined Christmas. That well, <laughs> didn't it upset Christmas in a way, because um, uh, because I wasn't able to tell anybody. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> it's a secret. It wasn't going to be given out till I think it was January the eighth or ninth or tenth. Oh, okay, so you have to <coughs> completely so secret for a couple of weeks. Yes, so and is it like a sort of phone call? Do they ring you up? And no, um, the nuncio uh, asked me to go across, um, and I uh, uh, had to see him. Um, and I think if I hadn't have been sitting down, I would have had to have sat down <laughs> when he told me that the Pope had appointed me as an auxiliary bishop of Westminster. Yeah. I was very taken aback. Mm. I didn't didn't realise that was going to happen. I was one of the vicars general in the. Um, in the Westminster Diocese, um, and I thought the nuncio had asked me to go across to talk about various cases that the, vic the vicar's general have to deal with. Yeah. Mm. I thought actually I got something wrong in that because mm. I'd had to send some documentation <laughs> off to Rome, um, but not at all. Turns so out you weren't in trouble; you were actually being no, yes, quite. <laughs> so <laughs> so it was extraordinary. Then, so yeah. it was you're in Westminster. Privilege. Huge privilege. And so you were in Westminster for about t 10 years then. And 10 then years, you, auxiliary. Then you became bishop here of East yep. Anglia. Yep. And we're very grateful to have you. Thank you. I'm delighted that I'm here. And so what, what do you, in your day-to-day -day life as kind of bishop of East Anglia, what, what kinds of things, what things do you most enjoy doing as, as sort of diocesan bishop? Um, I like to get out of my house and away from the desk. Mm. Um, I love uh, visiting parishes. And I love visiting schools. And within the parishes, of course, if I'm going on a visitation, I would go to a hospital or a prison or, or whatever. Um, so it's really being amongst the people and mm. and so on. I love I love being in the parishes and so on. Yeah. I suppose that goes back to being a parish priest. So oh, yeah. I'm just a big parish priest, really. <laughs> um, but um, one of the great privileges is that I'm. We've got eleven prisons in the diocese yeah. and uh, that is a huge privilege to be able to go and visit the prison say mass meet the uh, meet the residents and um, and speak with them yeah. and also um, hear their confessions and so on so, yeah. so, so that, that's a very um, yes that's a very powerful moment in, in my ministry yeah, yeah. And are, are there any so that's what you like about being a bishop? Are there any things that you sort of your least favourite things about being a bishop? Things that you, you miss oh and yes. can't do? Or? My desk <laughs> and all the letters that come across, all the emails, loads and loads and loads of them every day, Gosh. but have to be responded to. Sometimes they take a long time to respond to. People don't understand. But uh, if you're out and about, it's mm. um, very difficult to get get everything done, you know, as people would like. Mm -hmm. 
that's it, but you clearly, you clearly enjoy and you're looking forward to retiring not too, too distant future. Yes, well, is that right? I'm not sure when that's going to happen, mm -hmm. but um, I think it will probably happen in 2021. Okay. And uh, when, just as we're not told that we're going to be made a bishop until the moment comes, yeah. we're not actually told when we're going to allowed to retire until the moment I comes. See, so see, so waiting <laughs> on it and waiting. So there's a waiting, waiting on it, yes. We get to enjoy your company for a bit longer then. Right? Yes, well, thank you very much. I'm, I love being here and that's why I'm going to retire in the diocese and, okay. and live here. Fantastic. I think um, I thought when I left London I would never get used to it. Mm, it must be very um, different. Very, very different. Mm. Um, especially where I live because I'm uh, I'm really at the end of nowhere, as it were. Mm. Very dark and very quiet. Mm. So for the first six months I was I was terrified of any noise that I heard oh, <laughs> in the house or whatever. Mm. But I've I've got used to it and I love it. Um, now when I go to London, I can't wait to get back to oh, East Anglia. So. Okay. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, that's actually all we've got time for oh. for this. But thank you very much for speaking with us. And yes, we look forward to thank seeing you, very you much again indeed. in the new year at some of our events. Thank you. And I wish my blessing and good wishes to all who, who watched the video. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the first Friday's podcast from the Ignite team. This has been the interview-only version of the episode. The full-length episode, including music and a time of prayer, is also available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube, where you'll find the original video episode, which we live stream on the first Friday of every month at 8pm UK time. In the meantime, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, at IgniteYEA. See you again next month. God bless.